0: If you've been in healthcare for a while, you'll remember all too well this long process of moving medical records and information from paper to digital. The transformation was painful at times, difficult. In fact, it's still ongoing in some places, but for the most part, we're well into that journey. But for our healthcare data, there's another big transformation that needs to be made. And it's arguably just as disruptive, but... Definitely just as, if not more, transformational. I'm talking about moving all healthcare data from local servers to the cloud. In GP land, that's one thing, and we've talked about that a bit on the podcast, but in the world of hospitals and health organizations and institutions, it's another total different kettle of fish. Well, my guest today has been tasked with that very responsibility of helping more healthcare companies and hospitals realize the benefits of shifting their digital medical records to the cloud. I'm talking with Jeff Smoot from Informatics, and in this chat, we'll explore that whole transformation of paper to cloud, and we'll also explore the concepts of co-design, and we'll touch on some of the prerequisites for success in digital health, and lots more. It's going to be a good one, guys. Let's make it happen. Welcome to Talking Health Tech with Peter Burge, a podcast featuring conversations with key players and influencers to promote innovation and collaboration for better healthcare enabled
1: by technology.
0: With me today is Jeff Smoot. He's the CEO of Informatics, who are enabling healthcare organizations to access clinical and administrative data in one place and in real time. Jeff has loads of experience in healthcare in Australia, including previously as Managing Director for Asia-Pacific at Cerner, Healthcare Industry Director with Fujitsu Technology Solutions, and Vice President of Asia-Pacific at Allscripts. In his current role as CEO, Jeff has the responsibility for the leadership and overall success of Informatics Hey Jeff, how are you doing? I'm well, how are you? Really good. Thanks so much for joining in the studio. Absolutely, looking forward to it. In person, fantastic. Here I am in the flesh. In the flesh. 4D. (laughs) 4D, yeah, (laughs) the the real D, all right. (laughs) IRL, as as the kids say, in real life. Hey, look, I gave a really high-level overview and and some know your background and experience, but it'd be great to get from your perspective, your background, and what brings you here.
1: Most of my professional career has been in the electronic medical record space. I actually arrived in Australia, over 30 years ago with a diagnostics company and had been on the ground here for about three or four years and was approached by someone looking for the managing director role for Cerner. Cerner had just recently won head of agreement with two other pathology medical record providers for the state of New South Wales and had started some initial implementations and wanted somebody actually that didn't have the technology background per se but definitely had the health industry health market experience to come in and lead Cerner into Australia and expand it out into Singapore and Malaysia. Then went with Fujitsu, as you indicated, on the SI side and helped them develop their health industry vertical. Then off the back of that, Fujitsu developed some other industry verticals using that as the model and rolled that out across Australia and New Zealand and then got involved with Tokyo at the home office and helping roll that strategy out and defining that strategy in some other targeted countries that they wanted to expand their health practice into and then joined Allscripts back here in Australia and was involved with the Allscripts organization, helped them respond to a major state tender at the time, then was exposed to an Irish company that was providing digital medical record capability. And it was at an interesting time for me. I had spent a lot of time around electronic medical record technology, both from the software and back end perspective, and was starting to look for another challenge. And when I saw what a digital medical record was the capability, really felt that this was the next step in the whole evolution of digitizing clinical data. And so I got involved with that organization with Bernie Gibbons. And then subsequently, over time, was approached by Infometics to join that organization to essentially help them continue evolving their solution from a scanned medical record into the digital world of the digital medical record capability. That was very attractive. Actually, I've spent most of my career Working with stakeholders within the organizations I was with, based overseas, dealing with communicating overseas. And I really liked the idea of going with a company that, first of all, I knew very well from a brand perspective. Infometics has been in Australia for over 20 years now with a solid client base, solid reputation for delivery and capability and locally owned and operated. And that all really appealed to me as having a very strong foundation to really be able to build something
0: meaningful from. Fantastic. Well, it's a great journey to lead through to here and where you're at now. And reflecting on that experience then, what are some of those key concepts or lessons or things that you take from all that experience to bring you into this role now as a CEO for informatics?
1: That's a very broad question, actually. (laughs) There's a lot of concepts to think about. I think the primary concept is technology is really about people. It's very easy to get stuck. I think it's just human nature to get stuck in technology for technology's sake, for the bells and whistles, so to speak, and losing sight of what is it supposed to accomplish? What's that technology supposed to do in helping someone else do their jobs better, easier, provide better outcomes? And I think along the journey, the difference between electronic medical records and digital medical records, if you... Think about electronic medical records, the traditional solutions that are out there. Most of them started in the 70s and early 80s. There was nothing else electronic to have to interoperate with. They were pretty much in and amongst themselves and focused very much on the acute space because that's where all the attention in terms of quality of care, in terms of cost containment in delivery of care, that's where the big focus was back in the 70s and 80s and into the 90s. That's what it was all about. So electronic medical records tend to operate well within the four walls of the hospital, don't always necessarily interoperate well within solutions that have evolved over time that are outside the hospital. Mm -hmm. Uh, We start getting into the digital capability, different technologies, more fleet of foot, uh, a bit more rapid. It is that next step in the EMR. And in our case at Infamedics, we refer to it as the clinical viewer. We're digitizing forms that hold the clinical information and storing it in a way that's easily accessible, interoperates with other solutions, so it makes us relevant not only for the acute care space, but all of the really emerging segments in health, such as hospital in the home, community health, residential aged care. There's been a transition in focus over the last few years out of just the hospital and trying to tie the different segments together. And we're kind of the glue behind that in being able to collect patient data from various systems, various segments, and putting that into a single patient-focused digital chart that can then be easily accessed by the folks that have to access that information.
0: Yeah, okay, cool. And help me out here because I'm a dude that came from the background of technology in primary care and it's like the good old practice management system sits in the little GP clinic there. But then in the hospital world, you've got your EMRs and your EHRs and your DMRs and other acronyms so before we get really stuck into all of that and you touched on a bit of it the EMR being in the four walls of the hospital and then you being the glue for everything else and all these emerging areas but is a lot of it semantics when people talk about EMRs and EHRs and when it comes to digital medical records the differences there or what are the nuances and stuff? I think it
1: is more than semantics. I think some people do get caught up in the mm-hmm. semantics, and they say one thing when they mean another, not really understanding it. But there are significant differences. I mean, electronic health records are things like my EHR that's taking the subset of patient information and making that accessible across a region, geography for population health management and for trend analysis. It's the EMRs and the DMRs that feed information into an EHR that has a broader objective in terms of disseminating that information. Like I said, the electronic medical record is primarily focused on the four walls of the hospital, has a long history, and the DMR is a bit more fleet of foot, very highly interoperable, and is probably more relevant in reaching across the health spectrum. It's also interesting in looking at how these solutions have evolved as well in terms of the value proposition in terms of what they are providing. We were talking about the concept being about people, not so much about the technology. When you look at the original electronic medical record capabilities and still pretty much the same way, it wasn't about the user, it was about the technology. It actually changed work practice. It changed how clinical workflows were provided. It changed the way that the clinical information was recorded And disseminated and stored, and there was a massive change management. There's a massive change management piece of an implementation of an EMR because of the impact on all of those workflows. And some of these forms that people have been using on paper may have been in place for 10 or 15 years. What a lot of people don't understand is most forms have forms committees.
0: Mm. And they meet
1: on a regular basis (laughs) and they have forms committees because forms have to comply with regulatory requirements, QA audit requirements. Those requirements change over time. So they become very personal and the ownership of those forms is very strong. And so when you come in and you basically have ripped all that up, changed it and forcing a whole new way of practice, there's a tremendous amount of resistance. And this is where co-design, comes in from our approach and being a digital medical record is we don't come in and disrupt the environment. We spend a lot of time at the front end sitting down with the clinicians and working through the workflows and then the forms that actually help manage the workflows, what information has to go through the workflow versus maybe a standalone form. And we get all of that done with the clinician up front so that by the time they see the solution, It really is replicating what they already do with any changes and improvements that they've wanted to put in place because that was an opportunity for them to maybe review that form for the first time in three or four years. Mm -hmm. So all of those fields, are they required? Are different fields required? Is the flow of information, has that changed? So more work is spent on the front end, making sure that the design is right before it goes into the development side there's a lot of forms that you can't do a whole lot with because they are have to comply to a national standard or a state standard but still within the form there's some personal attributes and how it looks and how they want to operate that particular form that we can still co-design with the client to make it comfortable for them
0: interesting and with the concept of co-design I want to get into that a little bit more when I think about sitting down with clinicians and working out the workflow That makes a lot of sense for me, going back to looking at the GP primary world where the person that's buying the practice management system within a little GP clinic is often the end user of the solution. Whereas when you go to a hospital world, it's the decision makers around it, not those that are using it in the end. And like you say, they're designed for like in the earlier days are very much around the information that's obtained and not too worried about how it's obtained, but the end user that's capturing it. So when you're co-designing with clinicians, how does that work in a hospital? hospital setting where those clinicians aren't the ones that are making the decisions and the buying around it, that you actually get that kind of buy-in?
1: If you look at the users of the electronic medical record solution, it's primarily the nurses and the technicians. So that information that they're collecting is being used by all kinds of people in the organization. It's being used by the specialists. It's being used by the nurses. It's being used by management and administration. It's being used for people that do the coding to make sure the coding stacks up so that they get the reimbursements right that are required, be it public or private. So it's important because we are capturing clinical information that is used in a multitude of ways to make sure that it is captured properly, that it is being used properly, and that those workflows in treating the patient through a care plan, be it oncology, be it cardiology, be it maternity is done so in a manner that the clinician feels very comfortable that they are collecting the right information, recording it properly so that there's no quality of care issues and they have the confidence that then what they are delivering into the record is appropriate and being managed properly.
0: And what does that co-design approach actually look like in practice when we say sitting down and working through with those and users about what the system looks like? Is it literally all sitting in a room? Yeah, we can be.
1: And we've got clinical adoption specialists that have RN backgrounds. Our CCIO, Sue Hansen, was responsible for the quality assurance for a large nonprofit hospital group, and she was clinical director for that group prior to having the quality assurance role. So we've got people that have that real-time front-end experience that can sit down with the client, talk to the clinicians that are um, relevant within that workflow process, whether it's mental health or rehab, and really understand from the clinical data perspective what they're wanting to collect and how they need to have it used, and then making sure that the form design is complying to the standards. That's Sue's role. We also have HIMs people that are involved in that to make sure that once the design has started around the clinical data, that the technology then backs that up within the form and within the interoperability of the forms through the workflow. So that by the time it gets to development, they just have to develop. It's all been worked through from clinical, from technical into the development stage. And that really helps in a number of ways. It actually speeds the process up in terms of implementation. The quality of what goes into user acceptance testing is much higher. So the efficiencies for the client become a lot more effective which then drives their costs down because they may have to have some FTE requirement up front, but that dissipates quickly once that exercise is done up front. It's pretty much just a straight-in implementation.
0: And from an informatics point of view then, if you're doing all of this bespoking, that's not a word, but the customization and a co-design at the front end at a site level, how do you do that in a scalable way that you can then support it across multiple instances so that you're doing it effectively from your site?
1: We've got a couple of examples. One is we are implementing in the cloud for a a private hospital group, and we are doing the first hospital now, and then we'll roll that out across the other three downstream. And we're starting with mental health and rehab. Those are their two initial pain points. So we can chunk this down into clinical modules and start putting that into a digital patient chart around the patient and gradually build out the modules or implement the modules as they want to pursue a rollout strategy. We are also using our foundation capability, which is no longer the focus for us, but it's part of the broader solution of scanning to digital. So while we're digitizing or implementing the digital forms in one or two areas as we roll it out, we can already start into that patient chart. We can start scanning in the digital record so that they are developing a complete patient record for that client. We've got one client who started, and they're calling it scanning and destroy. The first phase of getting into the digital medical record is to start scanning patient information that's recent into a digital format, into a digital chart, and destroying the paper as they're scanning it in. So there's a multitude of ways we can do it, but that's our standard approach is helping them initially scanning to digital and then in parallel starting to look at their rollout strategy to implement the, the specific digital charts, the digital workflows that they want to implement.
0: Tell me a bit more about that evolution to the cloud, the move to the cloud. You've talked about that transition from building on your foundation of the scanning of documents and getting it digitized. Now the focus is bringing things to cloud. What does that look like and how's that gone so far? It's
1: gone well. I think the industry itself, cloud delivery will take time. I mentioned that we've got one implementation underway now into the cloud. We are just about to start with another new client in the private space implementing their digital record, and that will be implemented in the cloud. But when you look at the clients we've had for 20 years, most of them have transitioned into cloud strategies that they're just now starting to look at, or they may be in the first one or two phases of that. I don't see the industry as a whole being on the cloud, so to speak, For quite a long time. What we've had to be very clear about with our current clients that have been with us forever is we're not going to leave them behind. We can evolve as they evolve towards a cloud delivery, especially around clinical information. Um, We've got a couple of clients that have already gone into the cloud with kind of the back office stuff, with financing, with their dietary, with the non-clinical pieces of their business. And the, the clinical piece is the last piece, but there's only a couple of those most organizations, hospitals, are just now starting to look at it. And we're going to have to be on-premise for quite a while, which is the objective of getting our current platform in place because it is cloud-enabled and on-premise enabled. So even the on-premise clients, we can continue to enhance and evolve and improve the capability in parallel with what we're doing in the cloud. It doesn't make any difference.
0: Yeah, so quite the long journey that's painted very clearly. Then So from your perspective, Jeff, CEO, and looking at the long game, how do you measure success? What's success in your eyes through this journey? Success has been, I think,
1: and it's measurable. It's the success we have with our client base. We have a very good reputation with our clients. We haven't lost a client in 20 years, and we're in over 70 to 80 hospitals now. We have a reputation for commitment. We're dealing with technology. Things happen all along the way, and it's a matter of how we behave when we really have to partner with the client. Something starts to happen that has never happened before. Doesn't matter to us whether it's something in the environment on the client side or something's happened with the technology on our side. We just have a very good reputation of working the problem until it's resolved, and we have a good reputation with people like to work with us. Our referenceability has been very strong in new client acquisition. And the consistent feedback we get from those clients are, yep, dedication to commitment. And we like working with the informatics people. They're good people. There's a saying that says, I don't have to like you, but I have to respect you. I don't know if I agree with that. I want to like somebody first a bit because that's a huge trust factor. And then things flow with that. I think that's how we measure our success. We haven't lost clients along the way. We've stayed committed. And we are evolving our organization to continue to be relevant to Mm -hmm. the industry. So I think that's how we measure it.
0: It's extremely valuable and difficult to replicate too. So yeah, mm. I think you're spot on there. And then putting the shoes on of, say, the hospital decision makers or the CTOs or whoever's the decision makers within the hospital setting that are grappling with this need to become more digitized. Obviously, that's the pathway that we've been for some time, but with COVID and everything now, even putting a accelerator on that, is there any advice or even from your own discussions with these people over time, what's the vibe and how would you speak to those?
1: I think the industry is starting to accept the cloud capability. I think there's a much broader acceptance. Mm -hmm. COVID has brought a lot of the attention to cloud and we've had a number of cybersecurity issues here recently. Waikato Health in New Zealand, we've had a couple of issues here. Mm -hmm. And I think that is also starting to kind of mind on cloud capability, looking at the cost efficiencies of being able to manage an IT environment that needs to cope with all of these things real time with the latest technologies that are out there versus having to develop tremendous budgets to try to do all of that themselves. So I think there is a higher focus on that going into cloud, but it'll take time.
0: Thinking ahead, we've got the Winter Summit at Talking Health Tech on the 24th of June and Informatics is Bernie is speaking on one of the panels near the end of the day, which is around the conditions for success in digital health. Jeff, from your perspective, if you were to think about what are the conditions for success in digital health, what comes to mind from your side?
1: I don't want to steal any of Bernie's thunder, (laughs) but I think there's a couple of areas. One is standardizing what digital delivery is, so Australian standards and complying with the standards and developing the standards that will manage this and keep the quality of digital delivery focused. I think the other part of that is really developing a digitized, kind of a digital um, literate workforce. Nursing programs starting to really incorporate a a strong emphasis on digital information and the benefits of digital information. Those are probably the two areas that Bernie will expand on and that we feel as an organization are two critical areas to continue to develop and, and enhance digital. If I can just circle back to the discussion around CIOs and the executives in the hospital and thinking about cloud and what it needs to take, I think that really understand the objective for why the organization wants to go digital. So again, we talked about cloud, but it's not cloud for cloud's sake. It's not digital solutions for the solution's sake, even though they do have direct benefits in themselves in terms of rapid deployment, rapid uptake, those kinds of things. It really is about the data. So when us as an organization, and I talked about informatics being kind of the glue, it's back to that single source of clinical data that can be collected from various sources, accessed by various sources, and into a centralized place. Really understand from a CIO, CTO, CMIO perspective, CNIO perspective, what's the clinical objective of going digital? And make sure that that is used as then the foundation of rolling out a digital strategy and a digital implementation program throughout the rest of that organization. Mm-hmm. That really has a very strong impact on the clinically-led co-design approach because everybody understands the bigger picture. It doesn't get boiled down into the weeds, which is where a lot of these implementations begin and where they stay. Mm-hmm. And then the true value is never maximized, is never realized. Oh, That's totally.
0: Lastly, Jeff, looking out into the horizon, thinking about what's ahead for informatics, what can we look forward to coming from you guys over the next six to 12 months?
1: We're just staying focused on our client growth. We have a lot of enhancement work to do based on things that our clients want to start to utilize with our solutions. So very focused on, on client support, client growth. Looking at partnership opportunities, we've just signed a partnership agreement with an organization called SwiftQ out of Ireland. They provide telemedicine capability, an online appointment scheduling capability that we can wrap the digital medical record around to capture that data as part of the the patient information. Looking at acquisition opportunities, we acquired a a technology um, organization called Clinivid last year, which has a, a very strong multidisciplinary teams solution that we're now working very closely with with a couple of our clients and our client base and building that out to further capture the right information, provide that tool to the right people around a multidisciplinary team and wrapping our digital patient chart around that to to then have that capture all that information into a centralized record. So we've got a lot on the boil over the next 6 yeah. to 12 months.
0: And it sounds like it. And I'm interested too on the Clinivid acquisition and what that looks like over a longer period of time for Informatics. I think you were suggesting that it's not like two isolated products operating separately. It's almost like a tight integration between the two to complement each other. Yeah, and we're well down the path on that. We've just about completed
1: the integration exercise. Nice. And yeah, it's been nice to have a couple of our clients that actually saw the value of that and have worked very closely with us. And again, this is a perfect example of co-design is being able to have the clients help you take a look at a solution, make sure they think it makes sense that we just don't think it makes sense. And you get a pretty quick tick in the box one way or the other. And then they've worked with us very closely in terms of that integration and how to build that out to make it very relevant for their own environment.
0: Yeah, that's great advice to leave it on. And look, I'll put some more information in relation to informatics in the show notes of this episode and on the website as well that people can check out. Look forward to hearing from Bernie at the Winter Summit as well, Jeff. But I really appreciate you coming into the show and having a chat. Thank you so much. Oh, it's been a lot of fun. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the show